Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello? Podcast Network Asia. What is good and what is bad? Who is saying what is good is good? Is society saying that? Is your parents maybe that come from a different time saying that? So you have to figure out like what, how do you view life? How do you view yourself without any influence like that because once you kind of like peel back all like the influence and layers like there's something like really beautiful and like beautiful complex messy yeah very layered and lots of depth you're listening to project loving myself podcast a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love mental fortitude and self-discovery Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello again. On this episode of Project Loving Myself, we're going to be speaking to Angela Alarcon, who stepped out of the fashion world and into the world of the mystical arts. But what a journey that has been. I met Angela about eight years ago in Manila, but that Angela was a completely different person. We bonded one night over drinks at Las Flores and the conversation got intense and deep real quick. After that, she came in for a Theta Healing session, became a student, then quit her job to move to San Francisco to pursue a master's degree in design, leaving her world in Manila behind. But she left the old Angela behind too and stepped into a whole new version of herself. It was such a beautiful metamorphosis to witness. Angela is the Project Loving Myself journey that I keep talking about on this show. So let's get the lowdown from her on what that expedition has been like. Roller coaster or adventure? Let's see what she has to say. Angela has a very successful job in San Francisco, but in her alternate reality, Angela is a tarot reader, psychic medium, and intuitive healer. Her Instagram handle reads at Angela among strangers. So like what she does, there are many facets to her personality, but I'll let her give you all the juicy details. Welcome to the show, Angela. Hi. Hello, Sanaya. Thanks for having me on. I'm so glad that I am connecting with you after so long. And even though it's on the podcast, like we said, just before we started um, this conversation, it's like we're going to catch up on, you know, all the years that we haven't really gotten a chance to talk. (laughs) 
So I'm looking forward on where I'm looking forward to where this conversation Same. is going to go. All right, Angela, let's start by talking a little bit about where you are right now. What are you doing in your life? Tell me about where the current situation is. Yeah, so I have a day job, of course, but I always joke that I am a witch first and then my day job comes second. Because even honestly, in my day job, I still am me. Like, I still give tarot readings to my coworkers. I have a whole like group where it's just all about like witchy things, astrology, and people come up to me and ask me, how's the weather today? The weather, the astro weather. And so I feel like I. I'm just being myself and yeah, owning my own path. And part of that is a practice that I offer. And so I offer intuitive healing, birth chart reading for astrology. I also do um, tarot reading. And occasionally, I do go over to people's houses and clear the energy of houses. So I love how you so brazenly announced that I'm a witch first. <laughs> now, yes. most people and the Angela that I knew mm-hmm. almost a decade ago would have never said that. Because I remember no. when the two of us met and we were sitting, you know, over drinks that one night through a common friend, you were talking about how, you know, you had seen things as a child and it was really scary. And those kind of things actually made you really uncomfortable. You were really fearful of all the unknown and everything that's kind of, you know, uncertain or things that we cannot prove to be true. And of course, you know, you are Filipino and you've grown up with the idea of there being individuals um, in, in the provinces or where you've grown up who have their, you know, third eye open. I know the idea of the third eye is something right. a little bit scary and intimidating in the Philippines. So how did right. you go from that to be like on my podcast saying I will work <laughs> first, right? And reclaim and I, the word, yeah. Reclaim the word in a completely different way with so much power. And I also want right. to throw in when I met you, you were in you were in like magazine editing, right? Tell me yeah, a little bit about the that. Fashion world. Totally. Fashion world. Um, yeah. And you looked so it, complete. you know? <laughs> You Thank looked at you. you were like super fashionable. You know, you were just someone who I would have never imagined. Oh, man. Having yeah, this conversation I, with me right now. I call it my past life. Honestly, my um, that version of me. So bring it back to your first question about like where I came from. I actually grew up in Bacolod. So my mom still lives there. And her entire family was very superstitious. I think what's really interesting and beautiful about being Filipino is the intersection of people's devout religious views and superstition. And I think in the West, like here in America, people don't really understand that it's very black or white. It's either you're there or you're here. But in the Philippines, it's very intertwined. And so I think the fear that I had or I carried as a child came from my mom's fear and her mom's fear of like weird women and like witchy women that can feel and see energy. But, you know, we're kind of taught that that's bad or that's wrong. And so you run to a different sort of spirituality or religious view to protect yourself from that. But you carry that fear around. And so it was passed down to me. And so I grew up really fearful of it. And I just... It was both fearful. I was fearful of it. But because I grew up 
with those experiences, it was such a huge part of who I am and who I was. And so it was almost like running away from your shadow. You can't. It's always there. It follows you. That was always interesting. It was like a familiar friend that's always been there, but something that I felt was odd, like the odd part about me. And, you know, I was, I had this cool job as a fashion editor and I didn't feel like that part, that spiritual part or that gift I had fit in into this like glamorous world. So I think it was all about shunning that part of me and replacing it with something that it turns out that I'm really like not a fit for. So I was always a witch and I was running away from it and trying to be this cool fashion girl. But really, I'm inherently a bruja. Like that's just who I've always been. Even like in fashion, you know, like my magazine work or my aesthetic that I would always push on the magazine would always be so dark and like so spooky and everyone would like make fun of me. Oh, that's so Angela. But that's just like, it, it was just like a true case of like, this is just who I am. And there was no sense in running away from it because I don't know, it just felt like it was the most special part of me that I was trying to shut off. You know, I, I love how you use that metaphor. It's like the sh a shadow and you're running away from it, but it never leaves you. It's always there. Now, in your story, that shadow is that part of you that's spiritual, which you own as the part as what you proclaim is being a witch as being a witch. Right. For other people, I've had that same kind of conversation with them where they've learned to own their shadow, but their shadow might be their belief that there's something greater than us. So it could be the healer in them, or it right. could be, you know, some creativity in them that they've been trying to unleash, or it could be a part of themselves that they've been trying, they've been rejecting for so long, maybe right. a trauma, maybe a fear, maybe um, a relationship that they have run away from or shut off. So we all have that shadow. Some of us run away from the shadow, but the shadow never leaves us. And some mm -hmm. of us learn that that shadow is actually a part of us that we need to start to turn around and face and, and integrate. In integrate, embrace and integrate. And when we do, we really learn to shine. Yes, okay? totally. And that's the gist of your story that I totally. feel like I'm picking up is you learn to look at that part of you, you know, right in the eye and say, this is who I am. And I'm not afraid to be that. Right. And you, yeah. you, you use the word witch. So I want to define that because I'm sure yeah. that people who are listening in like right now being like, what is a witch? And right. their idea of a witch is like, you know, something really scary, something very like storybook, terrible. Yeah. Storybook, yeah, you know, totally. the kind like we need to burn them at stake kind of thing, yeah. which is actually something that happened um, right. many, many years ago. So tell me, what do you mean by I'm a witch? What does that mean? Um, for me, and it can mean anything, but for me, like what was a witch before the Salem trial hysteria, right? A witch was someone that kind of was okay living by herself, didn't really need a man, like kind of in the outskirts because she was kind of unique. You know, people would go to this person, the same people who would shun this person um, would go to this person for help. Because this person had knowledge from nature, listened to nature, 
follow nature's path, follow the seasons, listen to the tides changing. And so with someone that is very attuned to the subtle energy. Now, it was easier back then because there's no technology, obviously, like all you really had was nature and just being out there. But now in this day and age where, you know, it just an era of distraction um, from your phone, from your computer and TV, it's really hard to just automatically tap in. And so I think facing my shadow and integrating with it, that's when my life really changed. And that's when I started embracing like, oh, I am this person who is very sensitive to energy. I am this person who talks to plants and like gets feedback and like messages from like subtle energies of just being outside. And so I'm trying to reclaim the word witch and making it less of a negative connotation. Because first of all, it became negative because the patriarchy made it negative, right? People like would give you that name because they didn't, they thought ill of you. But that name held power and it still holds power. Witches are people who worship the earth, people who care for the earth, people who are social justice workers, who care for the ill, who care for the people that are mistreated, um, that need help. They've never charged money. They never charged any of these for their herbs or anything like that. So I guess I strive to change the stigma, remove the stigma. And like I strive to be the epitome of a witch. Angela, is this something you announce? For example, in San Francisco, and you go out and you meet someone (laughs) new. Is it like, hi, I'm Angela, and I just want you to know I'm a witch? Like, is this something you openly like proclaim? Is this something that you share in certain circles? I mean, living here in the Philippines for more than a decade, right? If there's one thing that has happened, is I'm not as The word that's coming to mind is forceful, but I'm not trying to say that you are forceful, but I'm very Mm -hmm. careful about who I talk to and what kind of language I use because I feel like there is a bit of fear and resistance and that makes the other person really uncomfortable. And so I've learned to temper the way I speak about what I do, unless I feel Mm -hmm. really safe with someone like it's someone that would be a lot more comfortable receiving from me. So like, of course, when I met my husband, Ravi, and, you know, we just met each other, then I was like, all out. I was like, so this is what I do. You know, I'm a bit crazy. <laughs> I, I was like, really honest with him. But it's not something I necessarily openly share with everybody, because mm-hmm. I've learned to be very careful oh, in yeah. triggering people. So and you, you live in San Francisco, which is very different. So tell me yes. about that. But even before I lived in San Francisco in my own little circle, they always called me a witch anyway. And I think even if I never said it openly, people would ask me, like I've had that happen where people would be like, oh, do you practice? And I'm like, yes, it's so obvious. <laughs> like when I come into a room or a conversation or like give me like a glass of wine and it just like the conversation just turns into that anyway. So it's just, I think it's just obvious. But for a long time, I was afraid of that word. I was afraid of anything that stepped outside the boundary of what I was taught. Like I was taught, okay, this is a sin. This is, this is what's good. This is what's a sin or like, this is what's good. And this is like, what's bad. And, you know, I still have family members that feel that exact same way and makes them uncomfortable. But I think if people are in your presence and the conversation goes there, it's because 
they are curious and that energy is open. And I take that opportunity to just show up as my true self and like, don't want to ever feel silenced or kept small because that's how I felt all my life. And then now I've come, you know, self-actualized as this whole being after I faced my shadow and like, there's no way I'm going to turn turn back and like, you know, keep myself small again when I've broken out of that. Yeah, I totally get you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. As you're speaking, I can see how much you've, you know, the most appropriate phrase is stepped into your power. I remember the Angela that I met and I don't think anybody else would have seen it. I'm just trained, right? You know me, like I can see like what's going on in the layers, but I remember that sense of not so, not being so sure of yourself, not feeling so powerful, feeling almost victimized by the different Mm -hmm. situations or relationships in your life. And the person I'm talking to right now is just like, I know who I am. And I'm not afraid to stand in front of you and speak my mind, which is like amazing for me, you know, to see that. I joke, I joke like, oh, I don't know her about my old self because she's just so different, but she is a huge facet of how I got here. And so part of, you know, evolving, it's really easy for you to be like, oh my God, I don't know her. She was so awkward and unsure of herself. You know, like a lot of people like to hate on their past self, but that person brought you here. And so the journey of coming from that Angela to this one, it's also a journey of like healing and self-love. And so you really can't shit on your old self because that was part of it. That is one of the facets that made you who you are today. Yeah. You know, I think what happens with people is they spend a big part of their life not liking themselves very much, right? Whether it's self-loathing or rejection, Mm -hmm hatred, you know, and feeling awkward or feeling like you lack confidence. And there are different ways that we experience that sense of rejection from ourself. And then they come across something, whether it's healing, meditation, whatever it may be, coaching that helps them kind of become the person that they've always wanted to be. And so initially what happens is like, for me to preserve my new self and to hold on to who I am now, I have to kind of forget about the person I was. I have to be as far away as I could possibly be. I have to run away. I have to create that distance because any reminder of my past self might suck me back into it. And I don't want that to happen. 
So we try to like detach and pretend that and distance, right? And then eventually, I feel like as you mature and grow, you recognize that if it weren't for that person that I was, I wouldn't be here today, like you're saying. Right. You know, it was it was part of the journey, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you start to learn to love that person that you were. And you almost feel like that's your child that someone that you need to care for and you need to be gentle and kind towards that person. I think when you can integrate that past self, you know, with that shadow or with that part of yourself that you hid from or tucked away or buried, and you can integrate all of that and you can own all of it. Who I was, you know, who I ran away from, who I am now and who I still want to be. Then we start to really come into our own power. Totally. You know, funny story about that. And I think this was one of the, you know, moments or catalysts of why I went from fragmenting and just breaking off and like, you know, leaving my job, leaving my country and just being this new person. I don't want to look back. I don't like that self. I think I started to heal that fragment when, and this might sound I'm going to have a, I'm probably going to have a hard time explaining this, but you know, those moments in your life where you look back and you're like, Oh my gosh, like she was so sad that night or she was really going through it. And I just have so much love or like have so much compassion for that moment in my life. And then you start remembering you in that position, feeling this sense of comfort that everything's going to be okay. And me being like, oh, that was me comforting myself from this point in my life. When I think back of moments where I was down and show myself compassion in that moment, I was giving myself love from the future. And in that moment in the past, when, you know, All is in despair. Everything sucks. I'm so depressed. But there's this like tiny spark in that darkness. And it's you can't understand why or you can't explain what it is. But somehow in the back of your head, in that darkness, a tiny spark is telling you, oh, it's going to be fine. It's going to be totally fine. And then you kind of fast forward in the future and you're like, oh, that was me all along. So... A lot of people listening in, I know you're going to be like, this is just way too trippy. <laughs> so let me explain what Angela is saying. Because of course, I, I totally speak Angela and I totally speak, we speak the same language, me and her yeah. on, you know, everybody else who's kind of into this world of, um, I would say, healing and spirituality and well-being. So what she's talking about really is that there are times in our lives that we go through some very difficult experiences and it may feel like we're really alone and then we move on and things get better but when we from kind of the future look back at those traumas those experiences we had and we kind of look at it with love and forgiveness and compassion and kindness we're actually healing ourselves and giving ourselves closure from that experience that we had in our past And because technically past, present and future all are happening at the same time. And that's, by the way, completely scientific. You can Mm -hmm. look it up. If you come out of, you know, this earth, past, present, future are actually all intersecting. And so Mm -hmm. even though you're in the future looking back and remembering what you went through and trying to get 
closure and understanding and, you know, heal it, it's actually happening all at the same time. I think I might have confused you guys even more in trying to explain it. But my point is that it always does something good for you when you can look back at your past and you can look at it from a look at it from kinder eyes, I would say. Look at it from kinder eyes, from a more mature perspective. You know, it brings a lot of closure. It brings a lot of understanding. And if you can love that person you were, okay. And support your past self, in a sense, there's the healing already. Right. And like, if you think about it this way too, like from where I am, like, I want to be the best version of myself and like be, you know, learn new things, strive for, you know, strive to be a good person for the future self. I'm preparing her you know, I want to be good. I want to make the right decisions for her because she is already in a good place. Wherever that place is, it's already happening. And so I want to make sure that I make good choices to keep her there. Yeah. I love that. So it's not just about now. It's about also the person you're creating in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now there are two questions I have to ask. First of all, how did your parents react when you kind of came out and told them it's like coming out of, you know, your own <laughs> the broom uh, closet? Yeah, the broom closet. Absolutely. The broom closet. And like, <laughs> mom, dad, I'm a witch. Like, what was that like? What was that conversation? Um, you know, what's really surprising? My dad growing up was, you know, he was the one who was working. My mom was um, a stay-at-home mom. And so my understanding of who my dad was was just this like strict grumpy guy that he he was a pilot. And so he would come home. He's always tired. And my mom would like, you know, be so like harassed trying to like cater to him. And so I was taught to kind of fear him and that he was strict. But as I got older, I see that he is actually a cool guy like he's very progressive he you know every way that i'm thinking whatever i'm you know practicing like i talk to him about new understandings that i have and he is very open to listen and he'll you know we never i don't think he ever like got devout into one religion or the other. And so I think he was just always like a free spirit and an open mind. And so that's carried over today. Like I can talk to him about things that I have dreamt. Like I dream about his mom, my Lola, all the time and gives him messages and he like loves it. And I never used, I never could imagine that he would be so appreciative of that. My mom is a little bit more trepid. Like she secretly loves it because honestly like from as far as i know the power is coming from her and her mom like this is not new to me this is then then just happened to me so i think a part of her likes it but there's still fear for her um when she did visit here though she i took her to a solstice event and it was a small event like in one of the um community spaces that we have and we were just like thinking the sun thinking the stars the earth the air fire that keeps us like growing and it kind of showed her like oh you're just being thankful like this isn't about human sacrifice <laughs> like yeah we, i didn't bring you here so that we can sacrifice you 
<laughs> so I think she was I can't really imagine. Excited. I can't imagine the look on her face when you told her that you were going to take her to an event yeah, like I, that. I really and did. what yeah, what she must have been going through in her mind. I made a joke too, like because we are forming a circle, and I was like, "Okay, now, mom, this is why we kill you. Please stand in the center." And she was like, "Stop it! I'm already <laughs> nervous." Oh. <laughs> So the second thing I wanted to ask you, which is like perfect for what you just shared is how do you practice witchcraft? Like, what are the things you do? Are these rituals we're talking about? Like, you know, how do we understand what a witch does? Yeah, I think it's really personal. I mean, there's a few covens that you could join. So a coven is like a group of witches that practice together. So you could do that. But a lot of people that I know that practice are solitary practitioners like me. And so there are no rules. Like the reason why you kind of break away from traditional belief systems is because, you know, it's kind of rigid. And so this is more like open. This is all about like, okay, what's the cycle of the moon right now? What does that mean? What do the stars say right now? The thing about astrology too, that comes into play with this it really does inform a lot of what is going on in my life. And so I've found that integrating astrology into, you know, my regular like ritual and routine, it's almost like checking the weather for me. It gives me a lot of context about what's going on. It gives me opportunities to jump on. Like, you know, if Saturn's doing something, if Mars is doing something, then it gives me clarity in that sense. I do read the tarot for myself. I do have goddesses that I do that I have a relationship with. And mostly I just kind of stand outside or go into nature and just like sit there and just commune and like receive messages and try to do something about it. Like there's some messages that are, you know, you don't have to do anything about it. You can just receive it. And there are some that I feel like, oh, okay, like this is, I'm, this energy is trying to move through me and I need to do something about it. So it's just about being in tune and believing that there is more than, you know, this desk, this computer, this work that we have. There is subtle energy. There are your guides that you talk to. And yeah, mostly I offer it to people. So a lot of my clients want to know about their loved ones that have passed and stuff like that. Like if it comes easily to you or if it's something that you are born with inherently, everyone can develop this, of course. But if it's inherent to you, it feels like it's really such a burden and it's really scary, but it's such a gift to people. I was so afraid to step into that. But I think what really helped me become more brave is how it touches so many people. Like it gives so much comfort for people that are grieving or people that are in a position that they feel like blocked. Like if you are able to just give hold space, like create a safe container to say, this is what's going on. Here is like a possible block that you could look at. Like it's just about mirroring and like seeing someone and giving someone space and, you know, just holding someone in that space. I think that really, that's what like fuels me on this path. I think what's so special about 
stepping into kind of who you're supposed to be is how it impacts people around you. Um, I've seen this happen time and time again, that when people go on this whole journey of finding themselves or, you know, learning to trust themselves, connect with themselves, love themselves, that they become this person that seems to add value to everyone around them. So it's not just about us, but it ends up being all the people that we touch because whether we are aware of it or we do it intentionally or not, we're constantly affecting people around us, right? Mm -hmm. In a good way, Mm -hmm. positive way or a negative way. But I think when we are that best self, then we are able to kind of share that real strength and love and positive energy and help other people right um, to find find their own way to find their own light which is so beautiful right it makes such an impact in people's lives if once you like are completely like step into your full potential like it really does impact people greatly now i want to roll back a little bit angela to who you were before you accepted this part of you Okay. So talk to me a little bit about that struggle of, you know, you said a little earlier um, in our conversation, how you kind of ran away from it or you shut it off or you didn't want to kind of look at that shadow. What were you like back then? (laughs) Just so we can see kind of like a before and after, you know, this is one of those before and after pictures. Right. I always... I've been talking about this recently, which is funny because it's coming up now, but I've been talking about this recently to a lot of my friends who've been asking like, what was your life back there? And I have come to realize that I was just really incredibly lonely. I feel like from being a child, like I've always known that I felt kind of odd and you know, your first kind of how how you validate that is through your maybe your close family and then your cousins and then you know your school friends and i've always kind of felt like oh i feel i feel like i'm not going to be here very long like i have this like knowing of everything was temporary where i am right now cuz i'm not going to be here very long i'm going to i have somewhere to go i have places to be at and that kind of chase me also. You know, I, after graduating high school, I wanted to go to London to school. And then I felt like, oh, I don't want to leave my family. There was always like some reason that I would stay behind. And then I had another chance to go to the States. And then I, you know, stayed there for 10 days. And I like made a huge U-turn and to come back for a guy. There's always like that one thing that kept drawing me back. And I think it was my need to... I was just looking for belonging all my life. That's just be feeling like you're the odd one out. You're in a search of belonging forever. And so growing up, I kind of knew, okay, I'm a little different. And then that gets validated. Once you believe that about yourself, that constantly keeps getting validated. I just felt, you know, I, I fell into this path. I was passionate about fashion and writing. And so I was very thankful for my fashion career, but I always felt odd. And like, you know, I was always different and people in earnest and like in love would joke that I was different. And so I fought so hard. There was a point in my life when I maybe was like 23, 24, where I was like, I just want to fit in. Like I made a decision to be like, I don't want to be different anymore. I'm just going to try to fit in. And so I really gave it a good try. I, you know, I 
went to church. I dated like guys that I felt like, oh, he went to this church and I'll go to this church with him. And, you know, we'll maybe like get married. Let's talk about marriage. And I just felt like, oh, okay, this is what life is like because everyone around me is like this. And so there's just this like longing to fit in this mold and seeing everyone do the same thing. Like, you know, you graduate, you get a job, you have a boyfriend, you get married, you have kids. And everyone was kind of like doing it. And so I was like, that's lovely. Like everyone has great families, great relationships. And so maybe that's what I need to want as well. And I think that just... It just was incredibly lonely to self-abandon completely. I wasn't listening to the part of myself that's like, I don't want to be normal. I want to be weird. I maybe don't want to get married. I maybe don't want to have kids. And I just didn't have the archetype that I was looking for. I didn't realize that the archetype... I needed to be that archetype for myself. You know, we don't have... Explain archetype for our listeners, Angela. Like, but how would you... Reference, like a a, yes, a model, a reference. Like, I you know, it didn't exist in your world that people who didn't fit the mold could still successful, yeah, and they they could be accepted more than anything. I feel they could be accepted, respected, have have everything. Like, I, I felt like I all my life I just wanted to either be accepted, be the person that everyone wanted me to be or be accepted as I am. And it was just kind of being in the middle of that juggling both of that, that was incredibly lonely. And so, you know, I was in this glamorous job and all the glitz and glamour of fashion. And, you know, there's a dark side to it. There's it's also very toxic. And if you're someone who is like struggling personally and internally, like, and someone who's highly sensitive of people's energies, like, I became toxic. Like I embodied toxicity. Like I was difficult. (laughs) You know, I had, you know, it wasn't easy for me. I felt like I wasn't respected and it wasn't easy for people around me because maybe I wasn't, I was triggered and I was coming from a place of being triggered and I wasn't acting the same. And so I, I think it was when I started Theta to be honest, that what that's when I started to really become aware of myself and the facets of me and what I've been doing. It's like it was the first time I saw myself in a mirror. That's how it felt like. And it was so beautiful how it happened. I was honestly at the lowest point of my life. I was not happy with my relationship. I was not happy with my career. I just felt like the sense of like emptiness. And I was sitting in a coffee shop in the fort. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I really hate my life. Like if this is like where I'm going to go, like I'm just going to kill myself. Like I, I'm unhappy. Like this is just like, I'd rather be dead than do any of it. Like I was just in this slow state. And I was like kind of mulling myself over just like sitting alone. And then a common friend of ours like walked in and then she was like, Oh, hi. And you know, I'm not really close to this person. I'm like, hi, hello. I'm trying to look normal. And I think she could see that I was going through something. And for some reason, she was in and out. She just picked up coffee. And for some reason, she was like, you know, if... You know, if ever you're really, you're open to like doing a healing session, like Sanaya is just over there in that building, like you should go check it out. I don't know 
what was written in my face that she could tell that I needed to hear that. But I honestly needed to hear that. And I remember walking in and just like, hi, so I'm interested in like, what's happening here. And then I booked a session and it just completely changed my life. Like first session, it was like this veil was lifted and it was freeing. So yeah, I really attribute to my self-actualization when I found my spiritual path through Theta. You know, I remember a lot of those events, Angela, and I remember we had a lot of common friends, like in our circle of friends and the Angela that they described or they knew and the Angela that I was getting to know on my sessions, like our one-on-one sessions were like, it was already splitting at that point. You know what I mean? Like how they would talk about you and the person I, the conversations we would have were already, I could see like that. It's like you were separating from that old identity, you know? And that's Mm -hmm. why when I was thinking about who do I want to have next on the podcast, your name just came to mind. And, you know, we've been out of touch, like off and on over the last, I don't know how many years we say hello, reconnect or like something. Cause I was looking and scrolling back at messages and you know, there, there are messages between you and me, but it's been a bit of a while, you know? And I was like, that's so odd that your name came to like your face came to mind. And I didn't know what I was going to talk about. And I didn't even know that you are now a self-proclaimed witch, which is amazing. This makes it <laughs> <even> more exciting <laughs> and interesting. But I, I thought, you know, actually, I do know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about how I watched you kind of come apart and become this whole new person right in front of me because it started with relationships. I do remember that you came in and you were very unhappy with the state of your relationships. And we're talking about like the romantic relationships, but also other relationships. Mm -hmm. And we went into relationship healing, which led you into finding yourself and, you know, seeing who you really are and trying to get in touch with what you want in your life. And I saw how you were also moving towards kind of that next, next stage in your life and how, you know, you left, I think even after you left, you would come back. Right. And we would connect when you were visiting. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I really saw how you went from that person that you're describing to this totally self-assured, self-confident, you know, totally loving herself woman. You know, (laughs) I saw that transformation and it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. Right. So what pushed you forward, Angela? It doesn't sound like it was easy. And even during our sessions, it wasn't always like, you know, smooth sailing. I know, you know, there were things you worked on and then you came back to me and then we worked on stuff. And there was, there was a process like it always is, you know, it's never like you wave your, you wave your magic wand or your broomstick and it's, you know, it's all okay. There was a journey there. What pushed you forward through everything? Yeah. I think when I, so I was about 27 or 28 when I found Theta. And honestly, like when my first session with you after that, like things kind of just like domino effect. I decided I was going to quit my job. I was like, oh, part of the releasing was like, this isn't for me. And I've been like forcing myself in here and, you know, I have to leave. And so I, Also, like, I don't know how I can go to the States and take my master's. I can't afford it. All these things just kind of like fell into place. And I always 
when stuff like that happens, like most people just like breeze by, like try to, you know, not look at the trauma, not look at the hardships. But I always made like bookmarks of like, here is proof of why magic exists. Here is proof of why me believing in myself works. And so I always have that in the back of my head, like, oh, looking at myself, healing all my traumas and like trying to love myself and have compassion for myself. Those things work. Those things like bring not just self-love, but those things open doors. And so I've always, I always had that in the back of my head. It wasn't perfect though. Like after I did all my theta classes, I was on top of the world. And then I kind of for some reason, I kind of like fell into it's almost like my guides and you know, spirit was like, okay, one more crucial lesson so you don't forget it. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of like fell back into my pattern. And it was worse, even. Uh, it was a three year relationship. It was, you know, it was not great. It was emotionally abusive. And I remember thinking like, what happened? What happened to me? Like, why did I fall off? And it was like kind of the nail in the coffin of like, oh, this is like my reminder. This is my pattern. I keep falling into this pattern because, you know, I always felt like, oh, it's because it's because the guys that I pick aren't good. And it was always like something to do with someone external. But this last lesson was like, no, 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 no. You keep bring this upon yourself because you're not fully committing to yourself yet. Like you still have a lot of lessons to learn. And in 2018, when I got out of that relationship, you know, I was scared. I was living in the States for by myself. Um, My job at that time, like didn't really pay me that much. And I was like, Oh, shit, like I have to move out of this com- comfortable life because I made this decision. And it was so scary. That was my dark night of the soul face. I think 2018 was so dark. It was like I lived in a cocoon of darkness. It was so heavy, but I I remember I moved out of my ex's place and I moved into this apartment that I found in like two days and I signed a lease and I was like, fine, I'll take it. I didn't have any furniture. I just had a sleeping bag and all my clothes. And of course, my clothes were like five boxes and had zero furniture. I didn't even have like (laughs) plates or utensils. I just had a sleeping bag and a lamp. And I slept on that for two weeks. And I was telling myself like, wow, this is like incredibly shitty, like what's happening right now. But I was laughing because I was like, I would, I am, I'm so happy I did this. Like I am elated that I am sleeping in this hard floor in the cold of like January winter, because I would rather be here than be in that nice cozy apartment with this person again. Like I would rather be homeless. In fact, I would rather be homeless than stay in this relationship. I just had that like come to Jesus moment. And, you know, I think in that whole year, it was so dark, but I was like slowly unfolding. It was not gentle, but it was almost like all the pieces that I have lost through the years and through lifetimes just kept was coming back to me. I honestly, by by December of 2018, I was like, I don't need anyone. I love myself. I don't need to meet a man. Like, this is the best. Like, I'm going to be single forever. I can't wait. I'm like the best. Like, I'm the best company. And then, of course, like two months later, I meet my partner. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It was like, it was like I needed to go through that year, year and a half of catharsis, of metamorphosis, of like being alone and being like, oh shit, this is who I am. Like there's stuff here that I don't like, but still like kept looking at it. And once I kind of like fully formed and became a person, that's when I, I guess I was ready. You know, I was looking away, um, Angela, because I was going back to my phone and I'm going back to our like WhatsApp chat and you messaged me around that time oh, that I you're did. talking about. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we were trying right. to schedule a question, a session, not a question. And I'm looking at this and I remember that. I remember that ending and yeah. what you went through because we talked about it on our, on our chat. It was, yeah. I, I talked to you before I left him and I talked to you right after I left him. Yeah. Yeah. And I see it on my chat. Like, wow. It was that scary. Was huge, like, yeah. It was huge because I was engaged and, and I had no money and I had, I was thankful I had a job and I had never lived by myself in the state. I always lived with this person when I moved to the States, right? It was so scary to be like, oh, I have to be a grown up by myself. I have no one. You know, I didn't have family. I don't have family here. But it was the best adventure. I would not change a thing. What was the most important lesson in all of it, Angela, looking back? Yeah, I think having a relationship with yourself, a healthy relationship with yourself, it's your superpower. Once you are like, oh, I back myself so hard. No one, you're untouchable. You're invincible. Like once you love yourself, and even when I say love myself, it's not like cliche of like, you know, I love myself and like all my flaws. Like you, there's still work to do. Even when you love yourself, you're almost invincible. No one can touch you because at the end of the day, you have yourself. And if that person is who makes you happy, who is, no one's ever going to take that away from you. Such powerful words, Angela. I definitely feel, I can feel it, you know, where, where you are right now. Now, for people that are still unsure of what that looks like, a healthy relationship with yourself, what advice would you give people? Like, how do they get to that point of having this healthy relationship with themselves where they feel strong and invincible and they are, you know, just so, I don't know, grounded in who they are? Yeah. What would you say to them? I feel like it's really hard. It's tough. And it's still a work in progress. Obviously, I'll still like, you know, be bad on myself and beat myself up. But at the end of the day, like you have to see your life as a whole, like this person from birth, from being a toddler, you know, teenager, mostly like teenage years, that's when you're going to be like, Oh, I don't like that version of myself. But this was, you know, you're forming into who you are and each part of you and each moment in your life where you learn something isn't an accident. And we're only really owed ourselves like in this life. People 
will stay like family will stay but like no one is perfect people are always gonna you know people are gonna disappoint you sometimes and if you're solid in yourself and you're like okay i'm here this is my body i only have one body in this life and i have so much more to live and i feel like just appreciating this life and this path and all the ups and downs and you know it would be a very boring movie to watch when if someone is like completely perfect like best novels are like complex and compelling and the best characters are flawed and rough and raw and make mistakes but come back from it like what kind of book or movie would you rather to read or see and there's always 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 time and a chance to turn things around each moment i i don't know about you guys but i love a complex character in a novel (laughs) i wanna i i do too and i want to also repeat what you said you said that being complex messy you know in a way i'm using the word messy Mm -hmm. but it's like that complex complicated self you know you you can first of all it's something to celebrate and secondly you can turn things around at any point like as complicated as multifaceted as you know confused as we might be at any point we can turn things around right we can simplify things we can make that relationship with ourselves as simple as it gets which is Mm -hmm. i know who i am you know and i'm ready to kind of accept that I mean, accept, yeah. I'm ready to accept it I'm ready to, to love it and you can and be think, a lot of things right you can embrace yeah. a dichotomy of like different opposite sides of you you don't I think it's also like our human brains are designed to categorize and like make something very distinct it's like our way of survival right mm-hmm. and so you wanting to just be good and just be perfect don't be hard on yourself for being that way. Just notice it and understand it and understand that's how our human brains kind of work. You know, also like what is good and what is bad? Who is saying what is good is good? Is society saying that? Is your parents maybe that come from a different time saying that? So you have to figure out like what, how do you view life? How do you view yourself without any influence like that because once you kind of like peel back all like the influence and layers like there's something like really beautiful and like beautiful complex messy yeah very layered and lots of depths and someone that has been through shit and still is here and like kicking you know i love this conversation because you're posing a lot of questions to people out there you know, these are things to think about. These are things to maybe, you know, ponder over and ask yourself these questions, journal about it. I also love that our conversation was so honest, raw, unfiltered. Um, and I think it was very brave. So thank you, Angela, for giving us all of these uh, little glimpses of your journey, for sharing your story with us. Um, As always, I'm going to ask you for your Project Loving Myself uh, message or mantra. And you kind of gave us a lot (laughs) towards the end of our conversation. So you can either repeat one of them or if you have something else you'd like to share with our listeners today. 
Yeah. And I say this to a lot of people, like you are only owed yourself. Like you are only one of you exists on this earth and having a relationship with yourself and loving yourself makes you so invincible. It is your superpower. Once you love yourself, whatever anyone says about you, it will not stick because you back yourself so hard. Yeah, I remember a quote. I I forget who said it, but it was, you are you and that is your superpower. Yes, exactly. 100%. Amazing. Thank you, Angela, for joining us today. If uh, people want to get a reading, find out a little bit more about what you do or follow you, how do they reach you? Yeah, they can reach me at... um, They can go on my website and there is a way to work with me there. My social media is also linked there. The website is AngelaAmongStrangers.com. Okay. And that's her handle for Instagram as well. And her email. So (laughs) AngelaAmongStrangers. Yeah. Here she is. Thank you so much, Sanaya. Like this was wonderful. Thank you. And I'm so glad I got to catch up with you. Yes, exactly. With everyone listening. (laughs) Yeah. Tea time. I love it. I love it. Thank you again. Thank you. This is the first time I've had a real live witch on the show. And it was pretty cool. What do you think? Was your mind going on overdrive when she said that? Or did you totally relate? I know a lot of you would have related to her talking about not belonging and feeling out of place or a little bit different or weird. So share your thoughts on Instagram and Facebook, tag at Project Loving Myself podcast and tag me too at Sanaya Grinimal. Please do subscribe and follow the podcast and share it with anyone you know who might enjoy our episodes too. Here's the quote that I mentioned earlier in the episode. No one is you and that is your superpower. So own it because you only owe yourself and no one else, as Angela so aptly said. Thank you for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Pod Machine. You are loved. Views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.